on Kitchen Table Netrunner, we talk about seven new cards from Uprising and review the most recent, most wanted list. Stick around. Welcome to Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. Do you know how long it had been between the time that episode 9 posted and the time episode 8 had posted? Long enough for me to have a human child come out of my body? No. You're thinking of 7 to 8. I'm talking about 8 to 9. Oh, no. Six weeks. Okay. Far too long. Agreed. So that's why we're here doing a shorter episode, making sure that we can stay topical. Stay up with the news. Great, not, let's do it. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's. Because I don't think people want to hear us talk about what we're going to talk about when we're going to talk about things Well, it's like, you know, a book has a table of contents and... How many people hang out at the table of contents? Fine. So we're recording this on September 9th. I really hope by the time I release it, it's not long after that. But September 9th, 2019 is an important day in Netrunner history because... It's the day when the Uprising Booster Pack becomes legal, although Ah, people were playing with it since it was released, which is fine. I guess not in regionals or whatever. But also, it's the day that the new Most Wanted list dropped. Yeah. So I was thinking it might make sense to talk about the Uprising Booster Pack first. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So if you haven't been following, Nisei felt like there was a danger of the meta getting stale, especially because... Instead of releasing like a pack every month, they're releasing ashes in two sets, each three times as large as a normal pack for distribution reasons. But because this is their first set out and all that kind of stuff, it's taking all year to do both of them. Okay. Whereas a cycle would be released in about six months back when it was done by people who got paid money for it. This makes sense. Yeah. So because of that, there's been kind of like a settling MWL 3.2. Didn't change a whole lot. It was supposed to chip away at Wayland's dominant position in the regionals we've been seeing. Yeah. And it did not. So this is exciting. This is what a fun idea. When you're mostly a virtual organization, you can do this kind of stuff. So they just said, like, what if we released a card early for every faction? Yep. And here they are. So for Anarch, we have, how would you pronounce this? Mystic Mamie? Mamie? Mamie. Mamie. I like it. And this is a wizard axolotl. Yeah. Or an axolotl wizard. So this is a third virtual companion. And so like the narwhal and the fox collects a credit every turn. This one, uh, the credits are, you can spend them for events. Yeah. So that's exciting. It is. I don't really do Anarch, so... Okay, but but what if you played this in Ken? Yeah. It's just to influence. You could play anything that's eventy. That's true. I think I have room, too. Like influence headspace? I have influence space. Not so much card space. Well, you probably just want to get rid of that faint. But I have a plan for it. Okay, all right. I just misused that time. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like... If you're playing a Jinteki deck like against a Jinteki deck and you have some nasty ice, sure, then you can play Fate and then Emergency Shutdown. True. That is a 
So True fact. That's why it's in there. Okay. Let's see if it actually makes sense. Yeah. So here's an interesting true fact. There are two more companions to be released. Very there will exciting. be five in the cycle. I wonder if they'll all be Anarch. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. How long do you think it'll be until somebody makes like little plush or crochet companion animal pets? I feel like that's a business opportunity if you can make it happen in time for worlds. And by you, I mean you, the listener. Yeah, not me. You are pretty good at the crocheting, though. Well, that's true. But I have to take care of seven kids and pack for seven kids to make it all the way to worlds. Yep. And make it so that everybody else on the plane doesn't kill us before we get there. That is taking up a lot of space in our minds right now. Yes. Hopefully they'll be sleeping. All right. Card number two for Criminal. Swift. This came out a week early. I like it. You like Swift. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. I've been playing it with Ken. And it's, I mean, it's his console. You can just tell. Because it says his name on it? Sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's great. And Swift is a synonym for express right there you go no um no it's great because he plays a lot of run events sure and so you're gaining a click and i really like playing it with that card that gains you a click early bird so early bird costs a credit right so you get it for free with ken you get an extra click you don't just get it for free ken because you pay one and then you get a credit back from ken so you play it for free, get a run somewhere, get that click back, and then get an extra click. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's a lot of clicks. Yeah. I haven't seen you play it with like notoriety or anything like that. That's a good idea. I don't have that one in my deck. Well, you don't have room for probably the companions and notoriety. Probably Maybe all not. over the place. She does have 17 influence. I, I think that just on its own, two costs for a plus one memory console is not crazy. If you have right. like five memory of programs that you have in mind. Right, right. It's it's not as good as Akamatsu Memchip, right? Because that's just one. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take up your console slot for a memory. But it's it's not overcosted. And then it has a thing that if you want to build toward, go for it. I don't right. think it's as universal as Paragon. No. But most people are gonna play a run event. How often? Occasionally. I don't right, know. Right like Inside job. Yeah. That's- but you can splash it into a, a shaper deck and you've got... Maker's Eye? Maker's Eye. And okay. I think it's probably marathon. more effective to... <laughs> I like that. Do you remember that game where I had the winning agenda and I think I border controlled you or something or biodomed you and then because you'd played Marathon to hit that remote, you couldn't run it? Yes. I the rest of the game. turn. <laughs> But I also remember games That's when where Marathon you're playing, me the like, game. Asset Spam. And I'm just like, Marathon, 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 Marathon. It's tearing you up, so... Yes, that that is a much more frequent occurrence. All right. Anyway, Swift. Good card. Okay. Cyber Trooper Talent. Shaper card. Two costs. It's a virtual connection, not a companion. And it gives you a Link, which is the first Nisei card to give Link. Yeah. I- it's been kind of an anti-Link yeah, I kind of organization felt like they so were far. letting Link go by the wayside. And it has this other piece. Whenever you install a non-AI icebreaker, it gets plus two strength for the remainder of the turn. So that obviously synergizes well with the stuff that we've seen so far from Downfall. Like Gauss, it's the fractor that gets plus two strength the first turn it's installed. Oh, yeah. And so if you're planning on like Gauss and Rejig and all that kind of stuff, you can... 
make it so you don't worry about barriers on those turns you're going to run. And so if you're... So with Gauss, then get a plus two, plus two? Oh, yeah. And that seems good if you're planning on doing that. I know that when this came out, a lot of people were jumping toward Chameleon. So this is from San San. We got to get there soon. Yeah. It's quite a cycle. Yeah, I could see that going well with like a Cyber Trooper Talt. Yeah, so Chameleon doesn't have any way to boost its strength, but at strength five, that's pretty good. And then once you hit like a Data Sucker or you install it onto Dinosaurus or something, almost all ice is strength six or less. Right. So the trick is you have to find a way to get it out every turn and pay for it. You just put it back in your grip. So you just have to, yeah. It's a click. And if you don't have like some way to pay for it. So that's what people are talking about. Hmm. But I think that this could also do a lot with strengthening I think what they intended for Cabanesa Wu to be like, right? Because she's now like the reliable runner, but she should be like a fast and sloppy runner, oh. right? Where she's like, guess what I just found? Yeah. I'm going to bring this in for this turn and then I'm going to throw it away. It's fine. Any other thoughts? No. The trooper? All right. Corpse side. HB. Mega Pre qualifier. Take a cool race hover car track event. So clearly this belongs in sports metal before reading any of the text. Sports metal! So this is a lot like Medical Breakthrough in that Medical Breakthrough we've been playing with a little bit and it's like it's a 4-2 and the next one's a 3-2 and the next one's a 2-2. Whereas this one is a 3-1 and then the next one is a 3-2 and the next one is a 3-2. So... 3-2? Yep. Both times? Yep. It says if this... It doesn't say for each or anything. Oh, I see. Yep. But 3-2 is still pretty rad. Well, yes. People like Project Vitruvius. So if it was just a 3-2, that'd be one thing. But it's not just a 3-2. Because it's also a 3-2 that if it gets stolen, it's only worth one point. Right. Yeah. So the bad news is, unlike Global Food Initiative, it doesn't count towards your agenda total. Your agenda points in your deck. This counts as one. Oh. Right. So, okay. Mega Pre-Qualifier. Any other thoughts? One-pointer sports medal. Anywhere else you'd want to see it? I don't know. Okay. Digital rights management. Played this one today. I did. So it's like fast track. It's got this one condition. uh, No successful run on HQ. So that I'll come back to. But you grab an agenda from R&D, put it in HQ, and you can install a card. But then you can't score any agendas. So first of all, this is a dangerous card. Because I think it'd be really easy to forget whether or not a successful run on HQ was made the last turn. Yeah. Which would mean game loss if you screwed it up. Okay. That's the number one. Number two, you could also game loss if you forgot that you weren't allowed to score and had something else that was scorable or something like that. That's I'm less concerned about that. Yeah. I don't know. I think people can manage it. Just know that if you have this card in your hand... You have to pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Just like start planning out your, your turn before... For before you're just putting cards, which I'm pretty sure you always do anyway. So I'm not too worried. Okay. The great thing is, because it lets you install, you can install double advance something. Unlike with fast track. Okay. And you don't have to install the agenda. It could be a different agenda or something else. Like it could be a cerebral overrider that I put in a remote and double advance. Right. And then you could run it. Yep. <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah. So it's one influence. It can go wherever you want. So I think that this is great for rushy decks trying to win really fast. You know, you've got three fast tracks, you got three of these, and you can find all your agendas. That's true. I'm so not good at those fast decks. You should get better at them. 
It's a fun style. All right. Kayambe Grid. So Kayambe is the volcano that they built New Angeles next to because that's where the, the beanstalk starts. This is a wayland. Upgrade. It's a region. And so you, you can, for no clicks, no credits, advance a piece of ice every turn in that server, which is which is like a thing by itself. That's value already. Yeah. But it doesn't say advanceable ice. It does not. So you can put it on any ice. And usually putting it on ice that's not advanceable ice is garbage. There's a couple of reasons where it might not be. Number one, obviously you can bluff stuff. Right. Number two, if you are playing this in a deck with... Trick of Light. Trick of Light or Isabel. What's Isabel do? Isabel is the beekeeper. She gives you the three credits. Yeah. So... Those are options. Not great. They're fine. But the other thing is, Wayland also has a Dudua, a unique ice that very much cares about how many advancement tokens are on him, but you can't advance him. You can only add advancement tokens in the specific way, which is like every time the runner encounters him, you add one. Right. So that's really cool. That would be my favorite. The other thing is, there's a whole other part of this card that we haven't talked about yet. That's right. And so for each advanced piece of ice, you have to pay two credits. Now, that makes this SSO's best friend because you could have easily three pieces of advanced ice. Yeah. The trick is you just have to make sure that you don't start like putting your Kayambe counters on before SSO triggers because you want, because the SSO advancement counters have to be on a piece of ice with no advancement counters on. So you want to do SSO and then Right. Yeah. So you got like your SSO. So that's that's within a turn. That's fair. You you do the SSO trigger and then do it. But the point is just that you might not install this right away as SSO. Okay. And this would also protect your centrals in the same way. So you could have three pieces of ice. That's six extra credits to get in. Plus three to trash this. That's expensive. Also, though, if this is like mid to late game, you could combo this with Jordano Memorial Field. Now, that's not a great card generally in SSO. It's a card from Rain and Reverie, right? It's the sports stadium. Whenever there is a successful run on the server, end the run unless the runner plays two credit for each agenda in his or her score area. Yeah, so probably we're talking two agendas max, really. But the thing is, Giordano Memorial Field is not a region. Right, so you can put it in the same server. Yeah. Well, the other thing uh, that I like about this Cambe grid is that it doesn't say the ice has to be res. Right. So, I mean, you've got it on there and like resing nothing. You have three pieces of ice. Let's say it's two, four, six, three to trash, you know, so that's nine. If you res something, that's going to hit hard. Somebody run into that server. Yeah. Pay that kind of money. But even if you don't have any money, you don't have to res and it'll still be a good deterrent. Right. Gives them something to think about. Yeah. Okay. And then last we've got. La Costa Grid, which is also a region, but this one is remote only, which makes sense. It is seedy. Pretty sketchy area of town. And the way it works is you can place, every time your turn begins, an advancement token on a card installed in this server. So not ice. Has to be in the server, not protecting the server. So thoughts on this? Seems nice. You could, if you could play like a 4-2 agenda at the end of your turn on your last click, and then the next turn totally scored out. That's true. And the thing about four twos is they, they, they do good things. And the assumption is that's because without some kind of shenanigans, you can't just like 
leave them on the board yeah. and then score them. So like in especially in the in Kentucky, right? You're like, oh, I don't really want to run. Well, yeah, I mean. So if you put something down, put an agenda down in Gentechi, it's already got an upgrade that you're like, I don't know what that is, presumably, right? And so you're already sort of like, I'm not sure. And then it doesn't get advanced. So people are like, maybe it's a snare. Right. That's exactly so it. It could, it could be a really good thing. What about this? You could use it with Biodome, right? You have just two face downs, okay. nothing. Not clear what they do. Beginning of your turn, you res Lacosta Grid, put an advancement on Biodome. Uh-huh. Looks like an agenda. Yeah. But then you advance it once more and then install a card and advance it. Right? So if you're in a costly server, first of all, you've got a confusing situation. I mean, at that point, people, I think, assume it's a Biodome. But that means you've got an end the run and then you could scrout a 5-3. Or you could just, you know, play some kind of operation and advance the second advancement on biodome and then install another card and they're like is that an upgrade what's the story right but it's actually your four two getting ready or or it could even be vulnerability audit the four three that you can't score the first the turn you install it right yeah what's the one that six to res jumon is that jumon's the six two agenda is that in Kentucky? oh yeah so you could do that too you wouldn't see that coming necessarily because they'd be like oh you'd have to be crazy to play that card well yeah but i mean it'll look like a five three <laughs> like jokes on you it was actually a six two it's harder to score and not as many points yeah <laughs> what's the appeal to that because at the end of your turn you can put two advancement tokens on a card so like it's really really hard to score oh yeah but it gives you a crazy you benefit you could do that for forever forever yeah, okay, so let's say you did that, then at the beginning of your turn, you can put three in No, 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 because Juman does it at the end. Okay, so at the end, okay, still. Yes, there is definitely a build for, like, I'm advancing a lot of things three times, what are you going to do about it, kind of a thing. Okay, also would work with, people pointed this out, Haas Arcology AI, which is rotating when Uprising proper releases, because... The, uh, that asset can only be advanced while it's unrezzed, and then you can spend an advancement and a click to get two clicks. But it doesn't say you can't place advancement tokens on it while it's rezzed. Right, right. So that's a free extra click every turn. Yeah, you just only have a few more weeks or a few more months to play it. I think I probably will not. Because you play it in HB, the Costa Grid is... Three influence. Three influence. If you play it... Engine Techie has Arcology oh. AI's four influence. Yeah, which you probably bad. didn't know because you never thought about playing that card, even in faction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thoughts on the new cards? Uh, some fun cards. Haven't played with them too much, but I do really enjoy Swift. So I hope for the rest. I think Swift so far is my number one fun card. Oh yeah. There are other things I do want to build a like a meaningful working SSO. I like that ID. I think there's promise there. And I feel like in the past, my ridiculous no ice sports metal deck was hampered by lack of one point agendas. Oh, wow. Well, now. So <laughs> it might make a might make a comeback. That's a try. Yeah, because with creation and control rotating, we're losing a couple of one pointers losing Bifrost array might be the only one. Take your word for it. All right. Next topic. MWL changed. 
So, first of all, as we said earlier, Wayland is still dominating the competitions, especially Gagarin, especially with SIU, Zealous Judge, High Profile Target. If you're not checking all their cards, which you have to pay for the privilege of doing, that they just kill you that's without okay. even having to run or anything like that. Okay. It's, and it's not like that's the only way to do that, right? Like, you could have two Ronins on the board, but that's not actually happening. And this is... Because you don't have to like broadcast in any way. You don't have to have any advancement tokens on or anything like that. You don't have to set it up really, except for having it on the board. So restricting SIU wasn't enough. So they banned Zealous Judge and SIU's back in the clear. Thoughts? No. Yeah, this hasn't really come up in the Portland meta, did it? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. The runner side, though, uh, is maybe hitting a little closer to home. Yes. They are restricting Angolo and banning Lamb. I don't understand i mean they're so similar angolo and lamb like well here's the difference that's i think relevant people say people say angolo is better i'm not sure i agree but they feel better about it okay so like that doesn't support what i just said right but the difference that's really important is that lamb is two influence and angolo is three. Oh. so lamb was going everywhere and i mean you know that of all people because you played lamb out of basically every id <laughs> I did for a while. Yeah, my first reaction when you told me that Lamb was going to be removed, I was just like, oh my gosh. But I haven't played it in quite a while. Not well, once it was a restricted. Kick lately. Oh man, unrotating Corroder. That changed the game, didn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing about Lamb is it's just like, it's such an incredible safety valve because if you put it down, you can just run, just start face checking ice, and you're like, Basically, anything this could be, I can break for seven credits. Same with Angolo. Yeah, depending on the number of subroutines. But, exactly. But the point is, like, the lamb worked in every every ID. So, hopefully the Cabanesa decks that were ignoring everybody's ice will give way to other things. What do you mean? Oh, you know the surfer? Surfer decks? They'd surf the ice down? I don't understand how that... How this is going to change that. Because Lamb was a key part of that. Because it didn't matter what the outside ice was. Because you made it a barrier. And then you broke the subroutines. And then you could surf down the ice. Okay. Yeah. So small changes. But that's that means that the card pool is set for worlds. Ah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So at this point, if you were going to compete in worlds, what do you think you would play? At this moment, I am enjoying Ken with Swift like that. My smoke deck is pretty rad. What was your record at regionals? Okay. So cool. I don't know. I have fun playing it. How okay. about that? That's fine. Like, that's all I can go off of. I don't really win a whole lot, but I can. If you know the cards, you can you can have a good time playing it, and losing doesn't make you tilt. That's pretty good. That's maybe all we can ask for. Yeah. Okay. You? Boy, I think. I don't think I'm quite there with SSO yet. I think I'd probably still try to play the outfit. Okay. And when I said what decks, we said what decks, and you just mentioned Runner and I just mentioned Corp. That's true. I think that says a lot about us. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, oh, so I like Blue Sun. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying that outfit deck. Yes. I'm not good on the speedy part, so it makes it a little bit more challenging. I feel like I play it and I am doing like awesome, and then it's just like kind of nothing until one of us wins. Yeah, well, when, that's kind of where I'm stuck with my rush outfit was I'm great at getting to five or six points and then I lose Yeah, 10 turns later. Right. So I don't know. And then we've just opened Honor and Profit. Yeah. I guess not a spoiler. It's not, no. 
But that's future episode. Anyway, so I've been doing more Gentucky than I've done in the past, but I'm not very good at Gentucky. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm in a position with my corpse that I'm not not settled on something right now. Okay. Which I guess I'm not settled on my runner side, but I have a few that I like and I feel like I can do well at. You play confidently. Yep. I think I'd like to play a like a reckless cabanesa. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other thing about the MWL is they said that people have complained about the way that the MWL has worked in the past up to now where they're basically just playing whack-a-mole where like something comes up that's not fun so they try and ban a card to fix it they yeah. lose this other problem and they ban another card to fix it okay and they're not so like people are just like well what if anytime you find a good card you ban it take all the fun out of the game yeah. right like people are kind of grumpy about it right and all i could see the size of the ban list as an indication of the health of the game right in that the smaller it is the better okay so you're you know taking fewer choices away or whatever. So what they said though is that they're going to try to avoid doing this in the future by if something gets too powerful, unrotate a card that might address it. Oh, interesting. Is that a pulling out the Do bad you... card, putting in an offsetting card? Yeah. So a lot of people are excited about this. Here's my concern. Okay. So they're talking about the whack-a-mole analogy, right? Yeah. I feel like this is they're like, man, we really have a mole problem instead of like whacking all these moles will just release snakes on the island and they'll eat all the moles that's what i was thinking and you have to release something to deal with the snakes yeah yeah release the gorillas to eat the snakes you say gorillas i did say gorillas gorillas eat snakes i mean they will if they're hungry enough seems unlikely so yes that is my concern that chasing unfun things that crop out emergently i think works in both of those directions and someone else was saying I saw the comment that like, I don't want it to be that the solution to something that's unfun or lame or whatever is that I have to include a special, I have to include a silver bullet in my deck that gets released to fix that problem. Yeah. And I think that that's overstating it because just knowing that there's a fix for that or something that like breaks your deck's concept is going to keep those things at bay. Like for example, 419 was out of control for a while and they didn't have to do any changes to the mwl it was just that people were like oh maybe we should slot psychic field okay. like like the meta kind of came around on that where that just that i mean that wrecks 419 right like and the and the fear of it does a lot too right like how many times when you're playing 419 are you like i heard this at the top tables at at regionals is someone was afraid to use the ability against Kentucky for fear of psychic field Anyway. I don't know how I'd feel either way. Releasing versus banning. I'd feel like unrotating cards might have... is likely to have some unintended consequences. But I think either way you go. Sure. Unintended That's true. And I think that the thing about unrotating cards is these are cards that at some point somebody loved and they were told, you can't play with that card anymore. So when it gets brought back, somebody's going to always be like, oh, that's so great. That was my favorite. Yeah. There might be people on the other side of that, too. Like, I was so glad that card was gone. I thought I would never have to see it again. Right. And I guess that's what I'm thinking is, like, how do you how do you rotate based on something like that? Right? Like, instead of saying, like, oh, there's this prominent deck and we're trying to control it, just being like, these are the cards that we're rotating now. 
because the point isn't to make or break people's decks. It's to change things up and just make it fun and different. Well, that's, I think, helpful, right? Is that the purpose of the MWL or the card pool is to maximize fun. And I think that everything should be taken in that context. I think, though, that the rotation side of it specifically is also to accomplish a secondary objective, which is to create predictability. And so I kind of worry about that. But overall, I'm willing to see where it goes. Anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so. All right. Well, you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to give us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And we might find it. I don't know. (laughs) You can email us. Yeah. KitchenTableNetrunner at gmail.com. I changed my phone settings. So now I know when people email me. I just assumed that no one had for a long time. Oh, yeah. That was a pleasant surprise. It was. It was. We also felt kind of bad. We did. So again, hope to see you at Worlds. Hope to see you at U.S. Nationals. And until then, play play Netrunner! A lot of people were jumping toward Chameleon. Did we have that conversation? No. Okay. Give me one but second. if it takes you long enough, it might start George Michael in it. No, that's... No, 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 honey. You know that Culture Club was Boy George and not George Michael, right? Wait, what? You know the difference. Is there really a difference? You work on that. Yeah. On okay, yeah, look it up. Let me know how it goes. Oh, now I see it in my brain. <laughs> Um, let me look at it here. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay, so let me just ask for posterity. Is there a difference between George Michael and Boy George? There is. Pretty significant, I would say. Yes. What? Is it George Michael in a group? What? He's in Wham! Wham! <sighs> okay. You just have to cut all that out because that's horribly embarrassing. Oh, I know exactly where it's going.